consideration your seasonal source for all things awards. I am Vaughn, and with me is my good friend and fellow critic Calvin. Calvin, how are you doing this week? I feel like I'm a supporting actor in this podcast. I feel like <laughs> you're a uh, best actor in this case, and uh, I think the delineation is I'm a, a supporting cast member. Okay, um, so I'm the we got the lead and the supporting here. Yeah. Um, so small I mean, cast. I vote. I vote for myself. Not quite an ensemble like the <laughs> uh, Motern cast, uh, which I'm voting for best ensemble. Oh, okay. But I vote for myself in a uh, best supporting actor in this case. Um, I like it. I'd vote for you too. I'm in support of this uh, this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this idea because it's helping me kind of iron out my thing and not uh, not have to get to the end of ward season and be like, okay, I'm just going to slot things in and. Uh, there's some randomness when you just kind of get to the end, yeah. and you're just punching in the names. Um, it it stops meaning something, I think, uh, at a certain point. Yeah, when you have to get so much crammed into the end of the year, and then you have to try and make sure you're thinking through the whole year holistically, and that's uh, it can be a challenging thing to do. I'm sure that I've left a lot off of my um, preliminary list here, so I'm excited to, in case it wasn't clear, talk about uh, best supporting performances today. I've really, like, ironed out, like, a full list, like, based on what we've talked about, like, a informally placed uh, all our categories, so, like, I, I feel like I have something, like, final to send in once we're done, but um, I'm for sure touching it up, so, uh, um, yeah, don't take our votes as the Seattle Film Critics votes, but also don't take them as our votes, necessarily, um, uh, I'm yeah. still seeing things. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, we're still catching up on things at the end of the year, and uh, part of the part of this podcast is us having these conversations and kind of figuring out where we're at. And I'm sure there's stuff that I've left off here, but certainly nothing final being discussed because we've still got stuff to figure out before we submit anything. Cool. Um, I I find this is one of the harder categories. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll get into that. But uh, we have some new movies that we've seen. Yeah, let's catch up on our last week in watches before we jump into it what have you been seeing this week i feel like when you like bumper music like last week in film uh, <laughs> news reels yeah and, uh, yeah um film reels even are good um uh what have i seen this last week i feel like we saw something at, uh the prestigious uh sif egyptian theater one of my favorite theaters because it's like built into a hill and it just like comes up from the side and it it looks like an unnatural way to build a building but yeah. i think it's my favorite like built theater in seattle because it's so odd and it's so it's such a capitol hill looking building um, yeah it's a beautiful theater it's I, I i like how it's so just unassuming from the outside and then you get in there and it's so much elaborate elaborate work on the inside and it's just a really beautiful space um so it was very fun to be at that theater to see damien chazelle's babylon this week it, it feels like it's like glowing like red velvet inside um, yeah i just like the vibe of going in there you said you saw wong kar wai uh, specials there which seems very perfect for that aesthetic yeah yeah i've seen i've seen quite a few things there but yeah the highlight was this summer going to i basically spent the whole weekend at uh the Sif Wong Kar Wai retrospective thing, and I saw four movies there, so that was a was a great experience. It was a good spot for Babylon too, which was <laughs> very packed. I got there a oh, few yeah. minutes after the press came <laughs> in, so I uh, I grabbed another press member. I'm like, 
we're going to walk in together. They're not going to stop both of us if we both like <laughs> uh, try to pile through the door. And like uh, four people were just like watching us very closely. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and, and you know, like the, we walked around the whole line together, and we were like, this thing goes around the block, and then it like reaches back around the building a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to um, make it in if I get to the back of this right. line. Like, uh, possibly I might not see this film. And uh, since I have this other press member, I thought we could just like barrel in. I mean, we looked pretty suspect doing it, but I think uh, once we got <laughs> in, we were, like, out. all confidence. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, we, like, kind of just, like, ducked our heads in, kind of kept our heads down. Then we got to the table. We, you know, had to uh, get our stature back together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're official press. We're here for this. Uh, um, where uh, Damien Trezell was going to be there, and... Uh, Diego Calvo was going to be there. Neither showed up. Uh, yeah, that was such, uh, that was so disappointing. It was. I think we kind of had an understanding beforehand. At least the press did, um, because we had a we got a message initially saying he was going to be there, and then we got another follow up message saying he had canceled. So I was like, well, that's a bummer, but at least I'm expecting it beforehand. Um, but a lot of the people at the screening were SIF um, members because I am also a SIF member, and so they sent an email like, we're having a membership screening for Babylon. Um, and I don't think that they ever sent a follow-up email to that one. <laughs> so I think that all of those SIF members in there were absolutely expecting Damien Chazelle to show up, and when he did not, there was, a, there was some disappointment in the audience for sure. Yeah, there was uh, palpable tension there. As <laughs> as I was profiling the the length of the line outside, I realized that uh, people were talking about what questions they'd be asking him. Oh no! Um, I didn't quite have the heart to tell them, but uh, yeah, they they were already like formulating. They're like, "I'm gonna ask this big question," and you know, I finally get my chance with them. I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's too bad." Um, but I I'm glad they showed up anyway. I'm glad it was such a packed screening. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted them deterred from it. And I think um, such a movie that's like really, really worth like that packed screening. Like it's it's definitely built for a, a huge audience that are all just on the same wavelength with it. I think it really benefited from that. I think it maybe got the most laughs of a of a thing I saw. I think so this too. Year. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe not like maybe from me, but uh, I I just feel like the ratio is really good in the movie. I I think uh it. It got a good response from our audience, and oh, I think uh, people so, yeah. seemed real engaged with it. Um, I, I kind of kept my eye on like some of the older membership that are clearly like uh, longtime SIF members who are yeah. you know just like wheeling their way into the <laughs> cinema. I don't know if they got like a, I, I wonder if like parts of that movie were uh, not what they expected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a good question, but I also wonder like if if they're in the cr in the crowd of of being a SIF member and and seeing kind of art house stuff anyway that maybe yeah. they'd be more expecting and maybe if you're older then they can i don't know maybe they've seen enough at this point who knows it started funnier than i i thought it would be i i guess i didn't know so much that it was a comedy as much as it was a comedy um like i i, I kind of heard about like the the elephant shit the vomiting and yeah. um kind of <laughs> just uh uh just to go in with the general disposition that it's um Everyone kept saying it was a cocaine movie. I feel like there's cocaine in the movie. It's nothing like doing cocaine, obviously, because movies aren't <laughs> like drugs. Right. Movies aren't addicting like drugs, and they don't have the same socio-economic um, problems as drugs do. So I don't like those comparisons often, but um, it is uh, <laughs> it is riveting. I mean, it it's adventurous cinema. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think 
it's interesting to go in with those expectations and those comparisons that have been out there because I was very much expecting it to be just wall-to-wall chaos and yeah basically i expected what the first act of the movie is to be the entire movie and it's very much not that it very much starts out as 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 drugged out like hedonism and then it's like "Mm," but that's you know it it undercuts that very efficiently i think um yeah so yeah definitely different overall than what i expected but i really really liked it i wonder if you liked it a bit more than me or if uh i think i probably feel okay Um, you did okay I mean, we'll see where I land once I, I write my way through it. I think it's one of those that's going to kind of come out a little bit more through kind of really getting my thoughts down on it. Um, but I'm pretty positive on it. I think I think ultimately, for me, it really comes together. I think there's a lot of really incredible stuff in it, and I think I, I might uh, retroactively fit it into a few categories, and it's such a, a movie, 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 as we say these oh, days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> movie times three there's so much movie in it uh, i feel like it kind of loses its characters it is one of those where they kind of slip in and out of the story but um for me i became attached to them and i was like well i, I didn't expect them just written off so quickly or uh, right um, i thought they were worth more than just an aside as a goodbye um so uh what a score though um that yeah, I mean, if we want to jump into the the categories, because I think this is like the first one we've talked about what we've been watching several times now, and it's like I feel like a lot of the time it's like, yeah, this we watch this, but it doesn't quite fit into any categories. But this one is certainly, I can fit this into a lot of spaces, but best score I think is is where it it sits the highest for me. I think I might give it the win, like the personal spot in best score, because I think the score is so directive of what's happening in the film. And, uh, I think so too. I mean, for me, I feel like, as someone who spends a considerable and notable amount of time listening to film scores, it's like the easiest way for me to just kind of delineate it is like, what have I actually gone back and listened to the most? And it's like I already am just listening to this nonstop because I like it so much. So I don't know if there's I, anything that can quite compete with that. Before I had seen the film, I almost settled into liking it the most, uh, just based on my. Uh, extracurricular yeah. listening I, I think both of us were just kind of um in the zone on the score and uh and the movie is so in the zone on it and like the reinterpretations of like those yeah. main themes are really uh, it's really gorgeous <laughs> um i i wish the movie i wish i thought as much of the movie as the score um but but i could also see it in like acting categories and uh um I don't know about direction. It's it's close in a lot of categories where it might not quite make it for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously we haven't gotten to talking about direction yet, but, like, it's a tough one, I think, and that's part of, like, me needing to sort of write my thoughts down is I'm not sure yeah. how much of it is very intentional and specific direction or how much of it kind of got away from Chazelle and ended up turning out <laughs> very well anyway. It's kind of hard to tell. For sure, it got away from it. it well, it would be a hard movie for anyone to rein in. Oh, certainly. Um, there's so much happening, um, and I'd I'd probably even go back to ensemble and maybe think about that. That's um, yeah, that was the one. I I even have a question mark on it when I wrote it in my notes here. But I, when I was watching the movie, I kept going back to it. I was like, there's such a huge cast here, and like they all feel very well realized characters, and like they're all there's so many like just 
even just actors that I didn't expect to see in it. It feels like the whole cast is just like great people that you love to see in movies and it's just it really is it's like an ensemble because i feel like there's i mean there is um you know a protagonist in um manny and i think nelly as well but it doesn't really feel like the rest is you know there's not like one supporting and then everyone else is just in the background it feels like the rest is this really robust supporting cast yeah everyone has a character yeah uh, even like (laughs) Like Toby McGuire has a character. Uh, they they're very defined people. I think uh, even when they. <laughs> I I don't want to like get into any spoilers, of course, yeah, okay. since it's not even out for the the public. But man, that Toby McGuire sequence is just <laughs> so wild. I don't even. Well, hopefully you guys will do that on your show eventually, or. Um... I think so. I, at least I hope okay. so. I would like to. There's a lot to spoil there. Um... Yeah, certainly. I. I guess I won't say what the ending was, but I was so blown away by the ending. If there was like a best ending category, it would be first or second I, I would, yeah, on my list. I would, I would agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, put it next to Atara as the most like remarkable <laughs> yeah, unknown absolutely. endings. Yeah. Um, like, what are you doing? And uh, I, I just, I, I mean, I wonder like what Chazelle like thought when he was piecing that together. I don't know if yeah. it fits the film. Um. <laughs> Yeah, those would have been, you know, interesting things to, I'm sure those would have been questions if he had uh, had been there. That would have been an interesting thing to hear his thoughts on, but hopefully we I'd can lo- find out from some, some interviews in the near future or something. I'd have loved to have gone from that ending into a and a just because... I know. <laughs> uh, just, like, the whole tone of the room really changed, I yeah. felt like. And it was, uh, um, while I was, like, fading in the third act, I, I don't know, I... I quite like Babylon because I I really came back to it in that ending and was a, yeah was so immersed in like what cinema could be in like that whole space we were in and uh, uh, so glad I saw it in theater the way that it was right. just playing into theater kind of like in the way um, uh, Del Toro did a few years ago with like Shape of Water like just one of those like really magisterial like oh you're moving through the cinema right. and you're yeah. in a defined space and um, it feels like you're looking at the texture of what cinema can be with someone watching it uh, uh in a way movies try like blonde tried so hard and, and <laughs> yeah totally failed at um yeah i think there's a good I mean, way to do it maybe i wonder if even like part of it is unconscious but i feel like there's been such a push especially this year of like movies that really deserve the theatrical experience like i, I wonder how much of that is right like unconscious or unconscious but like directors trying to kind of push for you know they're not wanting it all to just be relegated to digital streaming that made it such an interesting time for babylon to be like uh such a definition like the studio system that feels like yeah. it's almost ending soon it it feels almost like a punctuation mark <laughs> on a thing where avatar 2 is coming out this week and kind of the end of how big studio systems were and how they will be going forward yeah, it, it almost like feels it. like this could be looked back on as like a demarcation point of like here's the cinema history before it and then maybe everything changes next year it feels like it could very well i think so too yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what um how things go next year um i guess briefly to to end babylon i've also got Mm -hmm. um best cinematography which i thought was phenomenal um, mm-hmm. I think the editing is really key to that movie as well, and then uh, the production design is just outstanding also. Um, production design, it could also be near the top, yeah. I think. 
Um, a lot of good categories yeah, I, there. <laughs> it, it's a big category movie. You, it's one of those that that just spans so much space yeah. and um, so much energy. And I think uh, it will be one that I, I will come back to for sure. And I think people will look back on in five or six years. It's not one of those that's like here and gone. Um, yeah, I think so too. It, it seems like it's going to last. Every time Chazelle puts out a movie, I think Babylon will be on the tip of our tongues as we're trying to like get right. our way around it and figure out what he's doing again. Um, so yeah, I, I it's an important release. Um, speaking of other important releases... Um, you got to uh, White Noise? You already yeah, did, did that you... this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched White Noise this week. Um, I feel like I'm... A, it's interesting. I feel like at least even among um, the circles that I'm in, I feel like I'm in the minority because I have none of the book context for White Noise. Um, but I thought it was okay. Uh, did you get a chance to get to it? Um, kind of. I'm like partway through it. And oh, it's okay. been like... It's been paused in my Blu-ray player for a couple days, so I don't okay. feel like it's not... <laughs> at some point, that's not, like, an authentic, like, right. all-the-way-through experience. So, um, I probably won't write anything this time. Um, uh, I like Noah Baumbach and thought it was such an interesting pairing, though, that I, I kind of had to get to it and see. Yeah, I like him a lot as well. And, I, I mean, I don't know. There's, like, an interesting... It, it doesn't feel like a Baumbach movie to me in like the way that I would imagine it to be um it feels very different and I just I don't know it I I was expecting it to connect a little bit more and I feel like there's a lot there that could be connected to but I feel like I just I feel like the movie was missing something that that final step there to really to hit home with a lot of the themes I watched what like 30 Robert Altman movies the last year so everyone like <laughs> talking over each other and just like the yeah the constant speech over speech and those patterns um I guess I've seen them done so well the last year that I, yeah. I feel like it doesn't always work in white noise the way it's intending it doesn't work quite the way it does in the book which I hardly remember now um uh, I'm re- relying on Stephen to tell us whether the book and the movie are good matches <laughs> yeah. um uh, but I it, I, like, yeah, it feels like a movie that I think should have like more rhythm to it, and it feels very. Yeah, I agree. It's a little too laid back, and there's there's a little bit. I, I want more drive in it. I think. Like but the pressure feels really low sometimes. Like yeah. when they're like sometimes it feels like a family road trip when they're like out like like leaving this uh, place behind, and it, it feels. Maybe like Noah Baumbach's maybe not a great high tension director. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's a problem. But I mean, I think like at least my experience with him so far is like he gets a lot of mileage out of tension just from in like relationships and really close knit you know familial stuff like that. But here, so much of the tension is external that I think he doesn't quite connect to it in the same way that he does with just tension between characters. And there is that as well. And I think that when it is that stuff that's when it's the most successful but when it's trying to deal with the world outside of them i don't get much out of it yeah he is like a director of interiority i think uh, yeah. squid and the whale is maybe my favorite i like uh, the Meyerowitz stories as well um i i really like uh, Noah bob back so I, I should finish the filmography and see what else is there but um i, I didn't really connect white noise in any meaningful way um I think Adam like, Driver's always well used, I guess. Yeah, I think he's just um, pretty much great in everything. Um, 
I think what maybe threw me off was like there's a there's a shot near the beginning um, when there are just endless kind of cars stretched down the highway and the the camera kind of pulls out above it and it shows like all these cars and it made me think a lot of um, Godard's Weekend. I don't know if you've seen Weekend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but there's that whole extended sequence near the beginning of just like the the chaos of like this traffic this extended traffic jam and it's such a great sequence and like i wanted more of that like obviously i'm not expecting bombach to be godard but i was expecting more um out of the interactions in this world and kind of more wider societal commentary that you could get out of something like that situation but it it seems like it's torn between those two things if you're not going to Godar, at least go La La Land and have them get out of the car and, <laughs> exactly. and do a, a dance for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's a good pairing for this week. Uh, these two directors are interesting contemporaries who are yeah. making some of the more interesting yeah, work of their time. Um, and Noah Baumbach and uh, Greta Gerwig will have Barbie the next year. Um, White Noise is always good for us. If there is like a press tour, uh, Baumbach and Gerwig on a press tour is always good news um, and I think we'll get it again next year I think maybe Barbie would be uh, somehow more of a, a award movie um, I, I'm just sensing you might be it right. I, I feel the same way I'm, I'm much more interested in that than I ever was in this yeah I, I've, I remain more interested in Barbie than I think I could have been in White Noise yeah. and uh, even having read the Don DeLille book or whatever back in high school and uh just like the eeriness of grocery stores I think is well uh, conveyed again but um and, and the eeriness of like dialogue and um overlapping and just how we talk right. to each other is uh well conveyed but uh yeah again I watched all these Robert Altman's who is the absolute master of uh, <laughs> uh sometimes yeah, having four conversations and it's not quite like that. It's not like people are having like meaningful conversations that are overlapping and just existing in a space. It really feels like multiple people are just doing line reading sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it doesn't feel like there are multiple exchanges happening so much as two people are talking at once. Like. <laughs> yeah, I I think maybe it's just the kind of the dialogue being sort of intentionally stilted, but it, it loses mm -hmm. that naturalism, um, which makes it. It, you know when you don't have that authenticity to it and it just feels really constructed you're just kind of it's harder to buy into i guess that's a crazy thing about altman is that you see it and it doesn't bring you out of it somehow um, right I, I mean there are like small great moments like them walking back and forth and talking about uh hitler and elvis uh, yeah <laughs> in the studies <laughs> program there and uh uh the, i mean the comparisons there are funny like um you know Oh, uh, and he loved his mother, and Hitler loved his mother. Too. Right. You know, it's just a, <laughs> I think like uh, it's, funny yeah, parallels. Not having the book context, it's like that's what I wanted the film to lean more into. I think, um, I think that is what was interesting more is just uh, the idea of this stilted world and kind of like getting something out of that alternate reality. I guess. Um, I mean, anyway. uh, besides those two things which i think are very good contemporaries just noting that i have also seen pinocchio and flex gourmet which have been discussed i think enough um except to say like a uh, i'm a big fan of peter strickland so I, c I could see categories for flex and i i think it's an important 
film of our website. So uh, I think so too. Um, yeah, flex score may remains worth highlighting, and Pinocchio for sure needs to be in everyone's animation list. <laughs> I it, think so. If it yeah. if it doesn't hit your top five, are you even making an animation list? Yeah, oh, Pinocchio is, is just, it's really, really beautiful film. Um, but yeah, did that's you watch, like the Did you watch like the hand carving special they did at, on Netflix afterwards? Or no, you I need to. see it the um, same way. Yeah, I, I watched the screener they sent, so I have not gotten to the extra thing on Netflix, but it's something I'd really like to watch at some point because I definitely want to learn more about what went into creating that film. Just watching uh, Del Toro just talk with Glee about it and then... Uh, What's his name? Gustafsson, who doesn't get the title credit. It's like uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio, while it has two directors. I think it's right. very funny. Um, uh, Gustafsson, who seems more on the animation side, and probably you know, it's kind of like a, a Henry Selick and you know, like Tim Burton thing with like Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Like, who is the credit director? Who takes the animation team with them? It seems like Del Toro probably would, if he went and made Mountains of Madness, he'd probably tap this team again and do it I there. I think so, which I would, yeah, really love to see that. I really hope that happens, especially after seeing it. Like, because I heard that before I saw it, I watched it with the context of what that team might do. And uh, I'm such a fan of the Pacific Northwest film scene and all of this happening in Portland right now, like as a um, off-branch of what Leica's yeah, so doing. Great. Yeah, Leica has Wildwood next year, a film about Portland um, written by the lead singer of the decemberists um oh who, interesting I they're a portland band and it's about a girl who goes into like the woods of portland and gets lost there so i'm like extremely psyched about like portland like more being represented oh, yeah. wendell and wild pinocchio like uh and all these things like coming to fruition at once it's awesome yeah um oh, that's interesting i didn't i didn't know enough about that we'll have to talk about some of our uh, most anticipated stuff when we get to our final episode and start talking about oh, next yeah. year yeah I feel like I build a really strong list because I always do that at the end of the year for the yeah. website, and I'm. It helps me get plugged in and get advanced for the next year. Like, what am I going to cover, and and hopefully try to encourage other people to cover if I don't. Yeah, um, yeah. To have sort of a primer, it's good to good to think about it in advance. Just because, like, when these things come up, I don't want to be surprised. It, it helps you track them if they're like yeah. on your mind in January. Definitely. Um, and you could be like, okay, Vaughn, I think that's a good fit. And, you know, it's just, it's useful for me, I guess, right. in yeah, my no, position on the site. <laughs> um, as, uh, but back to being a supporting actor. Um, I like <laughs> yeah. to fit, I like to like slip into my lead actor role that I usually have on the website, but I, uh, I need to remember that I'm a, I'm a supporting cast. <laughs> um, well, then I'll take the lead and let's start talking about uh, best supporting performances for this year. Um, so I don't even think that either of us have necessarily a clear answer for this, but I just wanted to briefly discuss kind of how you split those things up, um, because it's a tough thing to do to sort of draw that line between a lead performance and a supporting performance, especially in what feels like a lot of the films this year specifically. Sometimes it's much clearer. I'll be honest, I struggle with, like, determining who should be lead and supporting so much that I really just go down the prediction list on these, and I'm like, let me just pick out my favorite films. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, that works. <laughs> I don't feel like getting, like, muddled and choosing things that aren't one or the other. Like, I, I feel like if I work off their list, I'll basically end up with things that other people will nominate, so... Yeah, um, that's true. 
So I started with uh, um, Tom Hanks and Elvis. Uh, He's White uh, was a, a line that happened this year. Um, no, he's not on anyone's list. Uh, yeah, I really, <laughs> I think that's a, quite a terrible performance uh, for me. That was my only joke I wrote for this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad it's a joke because it would be a, a concerning thing to have on a list. <laughs> Even um, though I think it'll did, end up on a lot of them. Do you, do you really, uh, I mean, it's Tom Hanks and, um, I think possibly it's only, um, the only thing that might eliminate that is a man called Otto and Tom Hanks leading a movie of his own is possibly yeah, going to deter I mean, them from... Yeah, Tom Hanks at this point certainly has enough just sort of prestige in Hollywood that it feels like he kind of just ends up on lists by default, but... I mean, I feel like if you look at that performance, I just, I don't know what the hell it is. It doesn't do anything for me at all, and I don't think there's really anything there. Um, no. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be on, on plenty of lists, um, but it is, it's nowhere near there for me. I wouldn't even say he's a support in that film. I, I might say he's the lead of Elvis, and I, yeah, in I think, fact. I mean, I know part properly. of it is, is, is like the studios kind of deciding on their own what they want to campaign for outside yeah, that's of that's why i go by of, everyone else's yeah so it's like but it, it almost speaks to the film to me being a mess on the surface as it is like mm-hmm. the film doesn't seem to know who it's about and that's kind of the problem with it is yeah. it's supposed to be a film about elvis but you end up getting more of a movie about colonel tom parker and i'm like who is this movie about <laughs> because i wanted to want it to be a movie about elvis and you come out learning nothing about elvis it led to me reading two books about Tom Parker, which was very interesting. Um, uh, just finding out like the background details of how he was never really in the military. Like he wasn't, he didn't have a strong lineage of the military. He abandoned the military, and and his oh, name wow. wasn't Tom Parker. And he and he came from like another area where he may have been like convicted for murder, and that's why he had like this mysterious thing where he wouldn't travel and. Like the film kind of gets into the weirdness of these things, but I think there's so much more. Yeah, it does, like, a, just a little bit, like, at the very end. Like, I feel like you could end up with, like, a disaster artist-style movie about, like, just the mysterious nature of this guy who was so connected to Elvis, but it's just kind of nothing instead. I wish it were a disaster artist. That would have been a good thing for the movie to be. I think so, too. Um, I mean, but it's Baz Luhrmann, so it has to yeah, be really no, glitzy in a way. would certainly not make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's just at odds with the story he had to tell um yeah buzz lerman has different um priorities uh i didn't mean to make it an elvis podcast yeah i, I just realized we're talking about a performance that neither <laughs> of us are nominating <laughs> uh, let's spend uh, uh what else aren't you nominating this year um, <laughs> maybe we should weed through um, all the films that we're not nominating well, what I will what I will do to sort of get into the conversation, I'll read off our best supporting actor winners from last year. Okay. Um, so, twenty twenty one Seattle Film Critics Society uh, for gave it to Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog, and the Oscars gave it to Troy Kotzer for Coda. Um, Power of the Dog is such a great film. I think that's such a phenomenal performance. Um, I think I've mentioned I'm not a huge fan of Coda, but that is also a very good performance. I'm certainly not against either of those wins. I think Troy Kotzer is the coolest thing about Coda. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, I I thought Troy Kotzer was 
was fun, kind of on an award circuit, just seeing something different there was uh, interesting and uh, worthwhile. Um, yeah. Yeah, but even this is like, um, to talk about Cody Smith-McPhee, it's like even that is kind of blurring the, the lead and supporting lines there because yeah, ostensibly I didn't know the movie what to do is... Last year the movie pretends to be about someone else but is really about him so it's like how do you where do you draw that line i guess you know if they decide that they're going to put him up for supporting instead of lead then that's what it does that's why i just follow the predictions yeah. because i know they go by what the studio projects and i know that i'm going to make the wrong choice because i <laughs> prioritize it differently than they would right um so my choices are pretty safe like they're not they're not going like outside right. uh probably what the oscars consider in that sense so that's the, the the real downside to the way i do it is uh yeah you'll I'm probably, probably have, ignoring a lot <laughs> you'll probably have more and probably better um stuff than i do here i've got i've got a few but i was not looking at any lists which i probably should have and i thought about but <laughs> i was just like yeah, i'll just go off what of mine what my uh what i can come up with off the top of my head it got me to Tom Hanks, and, and that was fun for a moment, so um, maybe that process was worthwhile. Uh, what do you um, got on your list? What's like? A, what's at the bottom of your list? Oh, uh, the bottom. Um, I didn't quite rank it yet. Like, I just got through things oh, okay. at a while. Let's say, let's say bottom right now would be just, like, based on time on screen. Uh, David Lynch and the Fablemans, which just is a moment that brought me more joy than the <laughs> oh, rest man. of that movie did. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure anyone else is going to be putting that up for supporting since it's about, what, five minutes or maybe less than that, two minutes, but man, such a great, great little performance there. I feel like there should almost be like a best cameo of people that just are there for like less than two minutes and make the film. There was that one Oscar for Network for that uh, lady who had five minutes in the film and she won the Oscar, um, so I think the anything can be possible in that's Hollywood. true um if you campaign but this right is, <laughs> this is truly one sequence at the end <laughs> yeah. of the film so i i felt like just like shortlisting it as something i'll probably cut off here is uh just something for me to say david lynch it's worth it's worth candidate. talking about david lynch as john ford is so perfect it's just it's, it's such a great moment in a movie that like i was just pretty much ready to check out of and it kind of just it sells me at the very end even though i don't like the whole thing overall Hmm. Um, I have Edward Norton for uh, Glass Onion. High oh, yeah. impact performer. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great supporting performance, and I think like probably a great example of of um, lead versus supporting is he is definitely like um, kind of right there below. I would say both the leads would be Daniel Craig and Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's that would be a very clear delineation of like yeah. where the ensemble breaks. Um, you could even put maybe Dave Bautista up for support. I would say it's a weaker support than Edward Norton, who has just so much to do. Um, yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's also like a lot more room for nuance with the Edward Norton character. I think. I mean, intentionally, I think the Dave Bautista <laughs> character is very one-dimensional, which is yeah, comedically yeah. great. And and because he's not in the movie for you know so much time it's it's not that big of a deal but i think kind of like the uh david lynch character uh, to make a weird <laughs> comparison that but i feel like all of uh spielberg's i guess the framing of that movie surrounds that scene and it shows why yeah. he directed this one the way he did i guess uh 
um, the framing of the mystery in Knives Out kind of surrounds Edward Norton in a way you'd be like, yeah, right. he's a supporting character that the entire movie revolves around. Um, yeah, everyone is brought in by him. Like, um, he's very obviously not the lead and not the center of the frame, but right. um, everything in the background is motivated by him. So he has, like, I think he probably makes the list. Um, I think so too. No, I think that's a great one um, that I did not have written down. But you know what? I'm going to add it so I don't forget it. I think it's a good addition, and uh, I I really like Edward Norton almost all the time. So. Yeah, me too. Um, no, he's, he's I like him. Glad he's not uh, doing his uh, whatever his uh, directed movie was. <laughs> where, where yeah, he had maybe his, uh, maybe not a career path he should continue down. Yeah, no no more problematic characters. Well, uh, be this kind of problem problematic if you have to <laughs> right. intentionally. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Be a Ryan Johnson problematic, not a Edward <laughs> problematic. Yeah. Um, I don't like characters with speech issues that are just like kind of making fun of it for a laugh. It, it just never works. Um, let's see. Uh, also, probably cut from my list, Glenn Powell, just because he had double duty in dad movies of the uh, of airplane oh, yeah. <laughs> propaganda. Um, I have him noted both for devotion and Top Gun. <laughs> I'll just uh, delete him now because I just wanted to say it <laughs> out loud. I just wanted to say that for all the dads out there. I mean, I think um, I haven't seen Devotion, but I think that's like definitively his supporting performance. He's very, he's quite tertiary in Maverick, but um, I do have Miles Teller on my list for Maverick. Um, I, don't I do think as well. Yeah, he's yeah. not quite the lead, but I think Rooster is such a great character. I think that's a great performance. I have uh, Miles Teller's mustache written down. Course, <laughs> that works so. too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good mustache. It captured the heart um, of the nation. And yeah, truly supportive mustache as well. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, as far as like supporting mustaches go, I think it's probably up there this year. I think so too. We should submit all yeah. of the random categories we've come up with to the stacks. See if they'll add them in best mustache for the year. <laughs> <laughs> best mustache would be a great stacks category. I think it they should be. get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think there's always good, uh, peculiar stuff. There's, uh, hmm, yeah, I, I, I'd like them to think about this. Okay, I'm, I'm arranging my list as I go. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, my top two seem so obvious. So, um, I wonder if our top two are the same. Okay, yeah, maybe we, maybe we, uh, maybe you go through them. I only have two others here. So yeah, my next one, and this was like another one where I was trying to kind of draw the line but i think this fits as a supporting performance but i have brendan gleason as colm and banshees of Sharon. okay that's kind of like my tide number one is i have a uh, brendan gleason and barry keegan keegan okay. I, I don't know how to pronounce it um keegan i think but i could be yeah totally keegan, wrong about that maybe too. um i i don't know i'll probably choose one of them probably gleason but i i feel like both are worth mentioning because they yeah no i think so, so important. too Barry Keegan's just a fan- fantastic actor. I like him in everything except Eternals, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll delete him for now because I think I want to give my vote to Gleason, who others are more likely to vote for. Um, yeah, but I, I thought he was that. just so great that he had to be mentioned. I, I can't leave Keegan just off my list. So. Um, Absolutely. Um, and the number one definite top of my list is Ki Hui Kwan um, as Waymond in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Which okay, so ours are just of... in. What was that? Ours are just in a different order. Then we have the oh, okay. same one too. Just swap. Gotcha. Yeah, I kind of figured. 
yeah for, for me that's like the definitive supporting performance for the year um i can't imagine anything topping that i mean really the only thing left this year that's like that major would be avatar and i don't imagine <laughs> like a strong perform supporting performance or lead performance coming out of that I yeah don't know. doesn't feel like water a performance movie to me for some reason Maybe like you'd vote for like water as like James Cameron's like support vehicle for making his films. Um, I think I, that's so strong that I think I'm gonna put it in second here because I th- I feel like Brendan Gleeson needs my boost to like get on the nomination list, uh, as a sure thing. But um, like if I have to do a final vote, I think I'll go for the E E A A O. You know, yeah. I I think I'll just lock in because Quan like on the like nomination field and the press tour would be so great to see. He's yeah, already I mean, been great. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's. I mean, it it works so well as like this comeback story, and I think everyone's very outside of the film <laughs> itself. I think everyone's just very heartwarmed by him as as a person. So it's hard not to be in support of him. <laughs> also, as like a reentry into movies, it feels like he's going to get every role offered to him. Like the next, oh, like yeah, if he I wins so. this, he's like a permanent fixture in Hollywood again. If he wants to be. Um, yeah. I think that's really beautiful that he has I think so too. second chances that far out are so rare. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's very, very cool to see. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll put that in second, but I'll vote for it in first if it makes it. Um, that makes sense to me. I, I get what you're saying. I always like hearing the way, you kind of, the way you kind of play <laughs> through it. <laughs> it's interesting because, I mean, as being a first-year member voting for the first time, it's like I don't have much of those considerations in my head. I'm just like, I'm just going to make a list and I'm going to submit it. But I'm sure <laughs> as the years go on, you start thinking about it more. Yeah, you start realizing that uh, some things are safe. Like sometimes your favorite film and your favorite performance are very safe and you could just like be like, yeah, I'll put that third or fourth. Um, yeah. Like this one, I could probably even slip down to third, but I can't. I can't look myself in the mirror if it doesn't make it to <laughs> second. Will be a, a good. Uh, you don't want uh, everyone to do that, and then it loses out somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to like spread the message that this is what I want people <laughs> to do for the awards because I I can't have him lose since I want to put my first vote in for him. Um, so that's like the fun, like the gamification of the awards yeah. is that I kind of have to, <laughs> I have to move things around to where I need them. Um, so maybe I'll move David Lynch up to first place. And no, 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 he'll be in. He'll be my last vote, David Lynch, <laughs> David just in Lynch case in other people place. are at wild. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes of screen up, time. If we end up with a surprise David Lynch win, that would be that would be outstanding. <laughs> I feel like I. I mean, I again, I wouldn't vote for it over um, everything, everywhere else. Yeah. Just be based on morals. Um, I feel like that's the right choice, and and that's what everyone wants to see win. Um, I think so. Yeah. Even though I I think, well, Brendan Gleeson's just one of my favorite performances of the year, so I I have him up there. Um, Nothing wrong with one and two though. It's still two very strong spots to be in out of, you know, 150 movies or whatever. Perhaps like one year if we. Uh, spread if we uh stop doing a gender divide i think it's so weird to gender these categories uh maybe this could be like one episode this and the next episode could be like one thing because uh i feel like there's no reason to have well like it's hard if there's a non-binary actor that neither wants to identify as man or woman for me to figure out where to put them and i don't want to be offensive and i think it's a 
I, I think that's a very real possibility as those uh, opportunities grow in Hollywood to uh, oh, start making yeah. those choices. And I, I grip my teeth every year looking down the, the more like LGBTQIA uh, side of the film industry. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to put people in the wrong spot. Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing because it does feel so pointless to split it like that. But it also feels like if you don't split it, then, you know, you're limiting, you know, people's chances to win things as well. And you also don't want that. So it's <laughs> it's 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 certainly it's a difficult thing to figure out where you want it to be. It's hard because I feel like I feel like we're good now, like on on best actress. I feel like it's competitive enough now. But I feel like if you go to, like, Best Supporting Actress, I think it would be overwhelmed by, like, the men of the category. Um, right. Women finally have enough room in the industry to lead a lot more movies than they did. Uh, but I think, like, very strong supporting roles that aren't just um, women that are, like, uh, put, you know, second place to, like, a man's goal or journey. Right. Are still more rare than, than a woman leading a film. So, like, that, I guess that would be the cost, would be we'd lose women in support and we'd probably balance out the other category. Yeah. Um, but why don't we just jump right into that and start talking about best supporting actress for this year. Um, okay. 2021 Seattle film critics society gave best supporting to Ariana DeBose and West side story and the Oscars did as well. Can't be mad about that. Fantastic performance. Yeah. Um, I think, pretty good uh pretty pretty good uh uh i always feel like this is weaker for me this is the one where i like i say i usually have trouble more trouble with this part of the category because i find there are so few opportunities for women to to strongly be a, a side character um yeah no i agree unfortunately um definitely more this year you, you'd maybe. hope for it i mean you'd hope for any of these categories to be just overflowing with options but i felt a bit limited on on both actor and actress and supporting here okay um a lot in leading but but yeah but i do end up i do actually have four things um written down so it's okay. a decent start um why don't we start um, with you what do you got at yeah wherever wherever in your list if it's on order <laughs> Yeah, we'll go. We'll go back to like where I think the bottom of the list would be, which is still no shame because it's all great stuff. Uh, right. Janelle Monet, I thought was a like a yeah. became the star of Glass Onion in a way. Um, still a I'd say supporting actress because that's what the studio is pushing. But in my mind, she's the lead. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would agree. I think she's the lead. But if the studio is is pushing supporting, and that's where other. Uh if that's where the voting is going, then I would also just have to put her there because she certainly deserves a, a nomination for that performance. I think like historically when I, when I started like in the, in the society here, I was like, well, if there's not a supporting woman, doesn't that, I mean, if there's not a lead woman, doesn't that make her the lead? But, um, in a way she yeah, is the movie. Um, but saying she's the movie, is also a spoiler. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's it's difficult, and specifically the way this film itself is constructed, but right. she's very uh, integral like, to it, you know. To say she's the lead performer kind of, well, that's the movie, you know? Like, right. <laughs> you, I mean, you, it's like a mid-movie spoiler. It's not like that's the ending. It's just yeah. that the movie begins to revolve around her at a certain point right. in its development, uh, where she begins as a background character, and it actually does seem to be a supporting actress i think she very much is the lead eventually um uh, 
Uh, I guess our others might overlap, so... Uh, let's hear one of yours. Um, so since we briefly mentioned this earlier, but I have Gwendolyn Christie as Jan Stevens in Flux Gourmet. I think that's such a fun performance. I think I, I mean, I really like that movie as a whole, but yeah. I think Gwendolyn Christie is fantastic in it. I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised, because that's just not something that like came up right away, like looking through the like the, the odds, right? Like Flux Gourmet yeah, is not I, on I the can't... odds list. So. Yeah, it seems like such a... It's definitely not a film that I think is in the awards conversation for most people, but um, we have such, such an affinity a for pick. it here on the website, and I think that's a great performance. So <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it out here, you know. Yeah, a very The Twin Geeks pick. Absolutely. Is uh, Flex Gourmet, which uh, I, I'm warming up to. I know Steven said it grew on him. Um, I, I was like, I doubt it, but now uh, every day I'm like, that was a good movie that really fits right. our vision of the website <laughs> so. it's a very it's a very strickland thing his his films mm-hmm. are so like chaotic in the way that they unfold and then it kind of as it sits with you you kind of start to put it together in your head and it just makes more and more sense and your appreciation i think grows beyond the images and the images that yeah. you carry with you i always say like the movie after the movie is as important as the movie on the screen the one that plays in your head and the certainly the images you take with you in life i think are equally vital i think like flex gourmet is full of those um, um and every time i look at food i wonder what kind of sound i can make it make. <laughs> and, um, yeah so um what a great premise <laughs> i love that uh so i'm i mean i don't i don't know where to put like a concept like that in our awards categories yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we have like a sound mixing category but uh, strictly no, would be yeah. the king of it if we had um I wish the Oscars would be like, yeah, Flux Gourmet was the best sound mixing. But they'll be like, Elvis, uh, welcome to the stage, uh, Elvis. Yeah, yes. I mean, I obviously I want support for all of those technical categories because there's so many people that come together to make a movie, but nobody voting at the Oscars has any idea what sound mixing means. <laughs> so I, I don't yeah. know if it's really, you know, <laughs> are the people that the, deserve that getting it. The only good thing, I guess, about the Oscars is, like, the branch gets to put up the nominations, right? Like, the, the sound editing and mixing branches get yeah. to kind of determine what goes in, unlike, like, their um, international film, which is, like, chosen by the politics of a country, yeah. um, which we've had a problem with just this week, by the way, with, uh, with Iran not choosing the Ponahees and... Um, yeah, devastated as I said, by that yeah. myself. But. It's it's so unsurprising, but yeah. somehow it still came as a surprise to me, and I was like, oh right, this this makes perfect sense that they would not the, the Iranian government would not be putting these movies forward um, because they are very outwardly against the government, but um, still unfortunate because then you're losing out on two of the year's strongest films as potentials for that. And just the idea that like two of the strongest movies couldn't be from France that are international. I think that's happened yeah. a lot of years where France has like three of the best movies of the year and they're like, okay, let's submit our one movie. And then France is like, well, let's go with our third best movie or let's not put up, you know, um, uh, Petite Maman or let's not do um, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire or whatever they usually Right, it's like we, you know, we're talking about hundreds of American films, and then we have to put each other country into one specific, like, they have to pick one specific thing, and it's like, that's not representative of anything really meaningful. And I I mean, maybe good arguments just not to do it, and just to incorporate them in the other categories, allow the uh, distributors like Neon, who pick up a lot of the international films, to uh, 
just uh, put like Parasite along with all their other films, like up for contention. Which I mean, uh, I maybe. think that is, I think that is becoming more common. I mean, yeah. we saw like Drive My Car last year even up for more than just Best International and stuff like that. So I think that's becoming more prevalent. Um, I just hope that we can kind of shake that one film restriction and start to incorporate so many of the wonderful international features that are out there. I think it's just limiting them because I thought, no, oh well, um, getting way off topic, but I thought Portrait of <laughs> Lady on Fire could have won more awards. And oh, that's certainly. Um, uh, I, I guess my list is pretty typical for what was submitted to the Academy now. Uh, yeah, I have Nina Hassentar, um, uh, oh yeah, great, uh, great supporting, great. very another like supporting supporting performance. Yeah, um, yeah, that was Stephanie. like another tough one. Looking through my list of like where, you know, how much do you need to be supporting? But I guess as long as you're not in the lead, <laughs> then you're you can be supporting. And yeah, Nina Hoss's right. performance is fantastic. So yeah, and another case of second lead, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. There, uh, Stephanie Hsu for uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Another. On my list as Possible well. second lead. Um, uh, <laughs> Kiki Palmer and Nope. Yeah, also a great one. Yeah, really, really fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, I really want to watch Nope again. <laughs> I do too. I like Nope a lot. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot, so which enjoyable. makes me want to go back to it. Right on. Uh, who do you have, like, leading this category? Um, I don't feel like I have a super clear front runner. Um, I think maybe Stephanie Sue is kind of who I would probably okay. put at the top of that. Um, or maybe Janelle Monet. Um, I also have um, ones that you didn't mention. I also have um, Leia Seydoux as Caprice in Crimes of the Future. Oh, shit. And, That's a good... Um, <laughs> Let me write that in, too. <laughs> and then one that you haven't seen yet, but Hong Chow as Liz in The Whale is a very, very strong okay. performance. Um, so yeah, I don't a couple know what other to consider there. Is but... yet... Um... Were you but pretty yeah. high on the whale, or, or pretty divided about it? Um, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I think there's a lot of great stuff there, but I don't know if it all totally comes together. It's a little too much of the very formal Aronofsky misery stuff, and I felt like it kind of got in the way of itself a little more often than I wanted it to. Yeah, I'll probably go um, Hsu, then Palmer, then probably Carrie Condon for... And she's been a and I just love her character. Oh yeah, no, that's a that's um, a great one as well. Um, I know, I, like we talked about, oh, the woman just gets sent away, and that's like her part of the story. But when she's there, she's uh, one of my favorite people in the movie. Um, yeah, no, I think so too. Um, no, I mean, even though that that does happen, I think it's very intentional, and I think that the the purpose her character serves is very important and i think that she does such a great job with that character she gets a lot out of that very small performance i think i do think i need to move her down because i don't think she'll make it um formally so that's too bad but i'll just move her into third uh, again gaming the system yeah the, the sometimes meta, the you meta. don't want to put your sometimes you don't want to put your favorite too high either because you might waste a vote on something nobody else will vote for um uh, yeah that's no, another I, part I of the map <laughs> Is like sometimes it's your favorite thing. And you need to be like, okay, I realistically I need to put Carrie Con in third in case she doesn't get other support. Yeah, that'll be kind of my my project once we're uh, through and I'm actually getting the the votes in. This is now that I've got all my ideas, you know, contained into these these notes here, then I can 
go through and figure out how I actually want to organize it all. Okay, I have five there. That looks like a pretty good lock. Okay, I've got both of them down to five, and I feel pretty good about what we've been able to accomplish here today. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff that I didn't have on my mind that's now on my list, so I've, I've got more well-rounded categories here. Um, but yeah, that's, those are our thoughts on best supporting. Um, just to say it in advance, we're going to double record, so we will be... For us, it'll be back in sh very shortly to talk about our best, our favorite lead performances. Um, but for you, that will be next week, and then we will have our final episode on uh, best D director and best picture, uh, and that will be it for the show for this year. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to play uh, supporting. Uh, <laughs> thank you for supporting me this week, Calvin. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody.